Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Super Bowl 53 is in the books. And here's the final. Patriots 13, Maroon 5, and the Rams 3. That's pretty much it. The New England Patriots, they win their sixth Super Bowl title, beating the Rams and Coach Sean McVay 13-3. This game, uh, Steve was a snoozer. It was 3-3 in the fourth quarter. First time ever, no TDs uh, in the Super Bowl until they got to that point. And Sonny Michelle with the TD run. Steven but these offenses, in. these offenses are so good. They're so great. Yeah. Oh, don't you know? The league is changing. It's all about the offense. Tom Brady... Gets his sixth Super Bowl ring to tie to tie Charles Haley for the most in NFL history. No, no, Joining he's passed Adam. Haley. He was tied with oh, Haley he did pass. before. He Haley was had tied. five. That's yes. right. Yes, Haley had five. So he, yeah, he passes Charles, my good friend Chuck. Uh, now with the most in NFL history with six. Julian Edelman is your MVP with ten catches for 141 yards. Not bad Not for bad a guy for... who started the season suspended. <laughs> That's right. With PEDs, we've got all of this to talk about and so much more. On this anniversary edition, that's right, one-year anniversary, folks, of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursting. Hey, before you get started here, uh, you know, it's the new year, and if you have a new business, or maybe you just want to advertise your uh, current business, or you just want to join our team, we'd love to have you as a sponsor to this podcast. Please contact us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud. At TampaBay.com, our sponsors are seeing a ton of results. This podcast is growing. We'd love to have you as part of our team. Okay, so the Patriots win. Tom Brady gets another Super Bowl ring. And I'm telling you, I this could not have been more of a snoozer. I mean, if you like defensive football, God love you. But um, this was not what America had planned when they sat down with you know the, the, the whole nacho dip and the whole thing, whatever it is you eat. Well, after the last um, two weeks of great, or well, three weeks ago, and then the the, the divisional round, and then the championship games had some great mm-hmm. football. Absolutely. Here's my question: Which game was more exciting, the Super Bowl or the Pro Bowl? <laughs> well, maybe for different reasons, the, <laughs> the Pro Bowl. But yeah, that that didn't resemble football. Neither did this for a while. I mean, look, it's so ironic to me that in a year where you know everyone was celebrating. You know, the offensive explosion, like the NFL has forever changed and nobody can win unless you score 50 points a game. And it's true that a lot of the teams that, you know, made the postseason were top offenses and 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 such. But we all know that when you get to the playoffs, well, just ask the Saints, um, the referees call it differently. They let things go, uh, not a ton of flags. And, and so, you know, the paradigm sort of shifts to the defense, but – I mean, I would have never guessed that New England would come out and be looking at a final drive with the game tied 3-3. But I will say this about New England. They're smart in this sense. They're very comfortable, very comfortable in the fourth quarter down a score or even. Like, if you if they can get you in that position, you're pretty much dead. You know, you have to take advantage, try to run away, and 
We all know that Atlanta couldn't do that a few years ago with a 28-3 mm-hmm. lead. It basically takes um, a strip sack or something like that to, to stop them exactly, in the fourth quarter. Exactly. I mean, you know, you would need a turnover. You would need a lot of things. And, you know, to be honest, I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't know defensively what else the Rams could have done. I mean, Wade Phillips had a good plan. Um, you know, they, they, for the most part, I mean, three points on the board, they obviously contain it. I know Steven Goskowski missed a field goal, but they completely contained Brady in that offense. And I think the defense got tired. I think they wore down. I think the only thing the, defensively they could have done better was the offense needed to generate more plays. Not yeah. necessarily points per se. I mean, you needed more points Just to win it. Just keep the but, ball. Yeah. But stop going three and out. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was, a, it was awful. The defense is gassed. It, they were. You, and you could see it. I mean, early on, they were hitting Brady in the backfield and doing some things. I mean, they really – it certainly wasn't their fault that they lost lost the football game. But offensively, you know, Jared Goff – and I, I think you're right. You know, Gurley does not look right to me. Todd Gurley, Steven, is you know, he, he just – Well, there's, there's, no way, there's no way the last few weeks you're going to run him as little as you did if he's not – if he's 100%. That's right. You know, there's something wrong, whatever it is, you know, and, and it's a shame because he's he's one heck of a back. Yeah, and he carried them. And I think I think you need to be able to run the ball on that offense. You need play action. I mean, that that offense works with play action. The threat of the run really sets up everything for them. But Belichick did what he needed to do. He took away uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, for the most part. He actually doubled the other receiver and took him away with, uh, with Gilmore playing a man-to-man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the Rams were plagued by bad field position. There was a lot of times. Well, both they, punters they did just, a heck of a job in this game. Oh, tremendous. Yeah. I mean, I thought they were going to be the MVPs at first. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, whoever won, the Rams, Hecker or Allen. Right. The Rams had like eight or nine punts in the first half. It was ridiculous. But the but field position was a big thing, and they didn't have any. At one point, I looked up, and Jared Goff was 5 of 15. Look, it doesn't matter where you're on on the field, right? If you go five or fifteen, if you can't complete the football, if you can't move, you know the sticks, you can't, you know, just have positive plays, you're not going to win this game. And and you know, the, and I said this during the game when I was watching. I was telling whoever I was watching with, you know, the Patriots are so comfortable, so comfortable to be in the fourth quarter, and be tied or even one score down. Like that's exactly where they want you. You know. And so Belichick coached accordingly, and I thought, you know, the Patriots didn't take any ridiculous chances, and, you know, sometimes they seemed content just to play field position, and they were smart to do it. And then when they needed the one drive, when they needed to, you wouldn't think this would be possible, like put the ball, put the game away with a touchdown, they were able to get it. And it wasn't that hard. It turned out to be more or less what they've always done with Tom Brady was pitch and catch to Gronkowski, you know, Sony Michelle runs it in for the touchdown, and and that's your ball game. I mean, literally, the next team to score was probably going to win that game. And look, all we heard about was Sean McVay for a long time, and I think Sean McVay is a brilliant coach. He's thirty three years old. You know, he's he, he took his team as far as you can go. I mean, to the Super Bowl, uh, the defense got gassed, but at the end of the day, you know, Sean McVay's offense wasn't any good. It was less than no good. And and I defy you, by the way, to name five players or four players on the New England defense. I'll spot you the two McCordys. <laughs> so 
I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, these aren't. This is not. This was never an elite defense. No, I mean, you got Gilmore and Hightower. Those would be the other two I'd know. <laughs> Those are the other two you would know. But but at the end of the day, I mean, it's like, you know, they're they're not a bunch of pro bowlers. The sum of their parts, you know, is the deal. Uh, and yet, you know, Belichick absolutely took away what the Rams wanted to do, and Jared Goff wasn't good enough, and his receivers weren't good enough. They're just not. And so, you know, again, New England content to, to drag it into the fourth quarter, and Tom Brady makes a bunch of plays. Well, and the Patriots doing the same thing they did in the first two rounds of the playoffs, just eating the clock and wearing out the other defense. Absolutely. Now, granted, they scored a lot more points in the first two games, but – you know, they, they controlled the game from the beginning. And, 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 you know, you thought maybe it was going to go a little differently when, when the Rams pick off Tom Brady on the first drive. And, and oh, abs- yeah. absolutely mean, fooled him. Yeah, they did. I mean, that, that was the whole thing. It's like they, the Patriots get the ball, they drive it down there, they get the interception, and you're thinking, okay. And they got some hits on Brady that, quite frankly, the, the, you know, the refs let go. I thought they could have gotten some roughing the passer calls. That didn't happen. You know, but, I mean, I don't know you can play better as a defense. I mean, you're looking up in the fourth quarter, and you've allowed all of three points. And, and even though Goskowski missed a field goal, you still feel really, really good about what would happen. I mean, Brady finishes, and the, these are pedestrian numbers for him, but effective. 21 of 35 for 262 yards, one interception that you just mentioned, but he helped them set up their only touchdown. You know, yeah, that pass the, to Gronk was beautiful. Or the only the only field goal or touchdown and then field goal. Yeah, the pass to Gronk was beautiful. I mean, but then again, as beat up as he is, how many times do you think that Tom Brady has thrown that route? How many times has he hit Edelman when he really needed to? And that's the genius of him. You know, when he needs a play, he can dial that up and he he can throw dimes in there. And um, you know, it's just it's Tom freaking Brady. Uh he's got now the most career wins at 237. Wow. I mean, that's that's incredible. He's he's obviously the GOAT, you know, six Super Bowl rings. Belichick, by the way, is the only guy joining George Hallis and Curly Lambeau with six titles. Mm-hmm. He's the only one with six Super Bowl titles. Super Bowl titles, but, yeah, right. For the, professional titles, he's tied. That's correct. He has 31 um, playoff wins. The next highest on the list I saw was Tom Landry at 20. I mean, and nothing for nothing, people, but we're sitting here in Tampa Bay where they can't have a winning season. They've had two in the last 10 years, okay? I saw a stat the other day. We can talk about this in a minute about the Hall of Fame. I was up there on Saturday for the uh, extravaganza of what's known as the Hall of Fame voting process. Let me tell you, not what you think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know where to start. I mean, John Lynch didn't get into that, but we, we, we can talk about that. But, you know, this this was not – this is not a great Patriots team. I mean, what the Patriots just did was go, what, 11-5, and five, which they haven't lost five games in a season in quite some time. and Five losses to teams that did not make the playoffs. Yeah, the Detroit exactly. Lions are claiming the uh, the Super Bowl. By the way, because they beat the Patriots, they've never been to a Super mm. Bowl, but they're claiming it's UCF's math. But yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I understand. I understand. Um, but then you know, they, I mean, they win a shootout in Kansas City. They win a defensive game when they needed to. 
Uh, and, and, you know, for all those teams that thought they went out there and hired the next Sean McVay, I hope you I hope you did. And I think Sean McVay is a brilliant coach, but he just got beat by putting up all of one field goal in a 60-minute game. You know, the biggest game. I mean, that you can't – that cannot happen, right? And And there's a lot of reasons for it, but – he got schooled, Steve. I mean, he just got. I mean, and and, and a lot. Well, of, he a he lot took of the blame. Too. I saw his quotes tonight. Was did he look? You know, I didn't do a. You know, this our guys played great. I didn't do a good enough job calling plays and putting us in a position to win. And he says, I don't know how you ever get over this. I can't disagree on any of that. I, I don't think you can. And for those that just assume that, well, he's young, they'll be back. How do you know? You know, when when mm-hmm. the Bucks went with 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 John Gruden. I remember them going up the next year, and they were the only team that's had to do this where they opened the season the next season after winning the Super Bowl, and they had to, they had to go on the road. But they opened the link up there in Philadelphia, and it was an exciting game. I want to say they won like 13-3. to Joe Jorvicius had a circus catch, something like that. And so you're thinking, wow, man, the Bucs, this, this is a dynasty. You know, they win the Super Bowl, they're 2-0. and You know, it, it's just so hard. I mean, what they have done – I don't think we'll ever see again. I just don't. And whenever it's over, whenever it ends, and we don't know if it's going to end because Brady was asked, do you still intend to play? Yes. Um, Belichick isn't quitting. Why would you? As long as Brady's there, he's no reason to. He has no reason to go anywhere. And they're going to they're gonna be back in the hunt again. It just in big games, they know what to do. And I thought, you know, I thought L.A.'s defense was terrific. I thought their front four dominated at times. But you just can't leave your defense out there that long, you know. It, it just – it's not going to work. And, wow. I mean, New England, really. I mean, it, it, look, it's easy to say the Patriots are going to win again and again and again. But this was not a great Patriots team. And I think that Belichick might have done his best his best coaching. And even, even Brady was almost apologetic in that their offense didn't do a lot until the final drive. I mean, he was almost mm-hmm. – I think there's a general understanding that if you paid a lot of money to go see the Super Bowl, you probably feel like you got ripped off just because there weren't enough plays that were successful. It was just, you know, all defense all the time. I saw a tweet uh, uh, late, I think it was the end of the third quarter saying, or maybe it was mid-third quarter saying, you know, pay $3,000 for a Maroon 5 concert and a field goal. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, Adam Levine could have kicked the field goal, okay? I mean, really, this – you could have done just, you know, combine the two. I mean, Guskowski was one for two. So, and the second one he made just barely got in the uprights. I'll give credit um, to that quote. It's Audrey Martin, who's a uh, social really creative funny. manager for Turner Sports. So, I it's just saw really just funny. retweeted it now. So, Oh, it's funny. It's really <laughs> funny. And you're going to see a lot of that about the ineptitude of the Rams, you know, and, and the boy wonder. And, oh, by the way, every coach, it seems – in this last round, with the exception of maybe Bruce Arians, you know, every team was doing what? Looking for the next Sean McVay. Here's the thing, and this is – it doesn't matter whether it's football or baseball or any, any, any facet of life. When you've got someone who's considered fantastic, Sean McVay, whatever, Bill Belichick, whatever, people are always looking for the next that person. It's usually nobody like that person. Usually those are special people. And, and special characteristics and qualities about them. And the next superstar is going to be something that looks completely different. It almost always happens that way. 
It's it's everyone's looking this direction when when the next superstar is going to innovate the game or innovate this business or whatever else. It's going to look different than the person that that is now the the boy wonder or whatever. And I think Sean McVay is a great coach, and I think he's I think he's going to be fantastic. But just because someone coaches on his staff doesn't mean they're great. Right, it, it, and you know, very two, you know, two people are not the same. So I mean, you know, you might get a young guy that's offensive minded that you think is ready, but you really don't know. And mm-hmm. I think I really believe that X's and O's are big enough in these games because it's one game that the inexperience of McVay, um, Belichick's confidence that he could take away what they do best. And, and and that was kind of the difference. And, uh, I mean, look, there's no shame in losing to the Patriots. Everybody seems to do that at one time or another in the postseason. But, man, I mean, for a Super Bowl, I wonder what, I'm interested to see what the ratings will be outside of Boston because clearly they took over the, you know, the dome there in Atlanta. I mean, there was way more Patriots fans than anybody. But overall, you, you don't want to look up and see that it's, you know, the the ratings will be interesting, but at least time. it was a close game. I mean, it wasn't like it was 20 to nothing. No, it was down to the last play. I mean, yeah. they all. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please play close games, though. I mean, that's the one thing you know if the Patriots are in it. Yes. They're, they're going to play close games. All nine of their Super Bowls have been within one score, I believe. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, that's, that's a great number. You know, to think they they did that. So, I don't know. I, I everybody. The good news is everybody's on to 2019 now. The Bucks and the Patriots are both 0 and 0. You know, they can kind of kind of move forward. But it's it's been a heck of a NFL season. And again, I would not have predicted that it would end this way. I really wouldn't have. This was not a great, you know, New England Patriots team. And and lots of credit to Edelman and those guys because despite all the attention that you figured he would get, I mean, he still made play after play after play. I mean, that little guy is nails, you know, and Brady is not going to throw it back. He was a little bit apologetic that they didn't do better on offense, but you know what? You got the dub. You Mm -hmm. know, you got six. You got six, man. Uh, And I think I saw a stat, too, which, you know, just how Belichick can create mismatches and schemes. Sure. This Patriots team was like 30th in the NFL in sacks. This year, mm-hmm. one of the worst. Mm-hmm. But yet, how many times did they sack Goff today? And how many pressures did they get on him? A bunch, man. A bunch. I mean, they that's, were all that's not the str- Their strength of their defense is the secondary. Right. It's not It's not the front four, the, even the, you know, the, with the linebackers there, too. And they don't put a lot of pressure. But they they still manage to get pressure on it for a, from a defense that doesn't get pressure. Yeah. No, they, I mean – Look, they could. I don't know that defensively you can do a lot better than what they did. I mean, Sue played well. Uh, Dante Fowler, the kid from Lakewood that I wrote about over the weekend, if you want to check mm-hmm. that out on TampaBay.com, he played well. You know, it, it. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't for a lack of effort. Maybe they got tired. Maybe something like that. Yeah, that last it, that last drive that, that Brady that they came down the field. Only one red zone play tonight too. How how crazy is that? Nuts. The, nuts. the touchdown run by Michelle, but. 
that mm-hmm. drive, I mean, the, the Rams defense looked gassed. Yeah, they did. I mean, they they've did. been on and the field had, too long. Yeah, they had to be. I mean, you can't be that. You can't be that. Like I said, 5 of 15 um, in the first half and uh, easily almost a 2 to 1 time of possession with the other team. So we've got your champion, and this concludes our NFL season. Now let me ask you this question. How far away do the Bucks feel tonight to to the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots? How far does this make you feel like they're light years away? Or do you say, look, they only scored ten. I think the Bucks could do that. <laughs> I mean, I, what do you, I mean, seriously, like I think defensively you, you, you're a long way away. I think offensively, yeah. I think the Bucks are pretty good. I think they need some help on the offensive line and they still gotta figure out a running game. Right. The running game's key, for sure. You know, I mean, Sony Michelle and, and what he's added to that Patriots offense this year makes it so much better. You know, so what the, what, what the Bucks and, J- and Jason Light and Bruce Arians do for a running game, and, and they need some more help on the offensive line. But defensively, I think, you know, they need a lot of, they need a lot of turnover and a lot of change and, and a lot of help. Yeah. Yeah, because it just doesn't feel like you could do what New England just did um, if you're looking for the ultimate prize, so. Crazy season, man. Crazy, crazy. And uh, a good game. A good game by the Patriots to boot. And uh, and we are at our one-year anniversary, uh, Steve. I remember uh, succinctly I was on the road in Minneapolis freezing and had to wait until I got back uh, from the game on the bus and the whole deal. We mm-hmm. launched Sports Day Tampa Bay. Yeah, you were out so by Mall of America at the hotel there. and I was, yeah. That's where the teams were staying. And, and uh, you know, man, it was weird. Uh, and then – it's crazy. The, yeah, we've NFL, actually been doing the podcast longer than that, but that was when you know officially Tom. But that Jones was when we took podcast. it over as Sports Day Tampa Bay. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we. I mean, we've been doing. Me and you have been doing it now for a year. Yes. So our thanks to our listeners and everybody stuck with us. Um, like I said, it's grown. It's going to grow. We'll have better things. I think we'll do even better in the second year. But this has been. This has been. I mean, in some ways it hasn't gone by fast, <laughs> but in some ways it has. So. Uh, depending on your perspective. Anyway, a lot of short guys nights. Are... A lot of short nights, but it's been fun. Oh, man. And late nights. Um, meanwhile, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, well, hold on. We, pretty... we didn't really get into John Lynch not making the oh, Hall. Oh, I'll do that first. Yeah. yeah. Six, yeah, let, six let year being a first. finalist and not make the Hall again. There were three defensive yes. backs that went in this year. Champ Bailey, Ty mm-hmm. Law, and I'm drawing a blank on the other well, one. Well, Johnny, Johnny Robinson was a senior candidate, but you had you had uh, Champ Bailey, Ty Law. Oh, Ed Reed. Ed Reed. And Ed okay. Reed, of course, he was such was, an obvious was, one. I forgot him. <laughs> you forgot the obvious, yeah. No, he and he was actually the guy, the last guy that actually was debated. So, because of uh, and, and my healing vibes go out to uh, Ira Kaufman, his his wife who uh, who had a fall. That's why Ira was not able to go and make the presentation. And so the Hall of Fame called me and asked if I would be an alternate. But Shereen Williams, who covered John in Tampa for a while, is now with Pro Football Talk. She actually made Ira's presentation for John. And, you know, every presenter gets five minutes to present, and then they open it up for debate within reason. Um, And so, you know, this is John's sixth straight trip as a finalist, meaning he's in the final 15 to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, and, you know, you do a lot of behind-the-scenes work and things. Um, And, again, we all sort of knew that Tony Gonzalez was going to go first ballot, that Ed Reed was going to go first ballot. But there was some, I don't know what you would say, some doubters about whether Champ Bailey should be a first ballot guy. Now, his numbers are off the chain, you know. I mean, they're just, they just are. 
And so there was some debate about that. And Ty Law, who had been in the room for a while, you know, wound up making some good arguments to people that presented him. Um, and it turns out they both got in. And John got squeezed a little bit. So, um, look, next year you got a first ballot guy in, in Troy Palomalu. Um, this is a process, man. It's really hard and it's really political. And you, you just don't know how it's going to turn out in the end. But, you know, the bottom line is there's, I mean, all those guys are really worthy players. Now, you know, John did not make the final 10, but he had to be right on the fringe because, you know, the, if you take out the two coaches that probably nobody voted for and Don, Don Coriel uh, and Tom Flores, you know, and then there was a couple other players that really didn't gain traction and Richard Seymour was one of those guys. Also the Rams wide receiver Isaac Bruce who got in very little traction at all. So, you know, John would have been would have been the next guy. What hurt John, quite frankly, is that Steve Atwater, uh, who, you know, was eligible fifteen years ago, made just came into the room as a finalist for the second time, I wanna say. And he is so similar to Lynch in terms of what you would say about Lynch. You would say a lot of the same things about Atwater in terms of being a big hunt a big, you know, big hitter and different era and all those things, big physical guy. Um, but I absolutely think that they sort of canceled each other out a little bit and, you know, that didn't help John. So it was a, it's, it's a weird process. It's not one that I can get into great detail about, um, but it took over seven hours. And I thought the class was really good that, that uh, ultimately the pro football, you know, Hall of Fame picked. Um, but it's, it's unfortunate for John. It, it's going to take more time. You know, it's just going to take time, and, and there's not many guys that have been in there as long as he has that many straight years. But I think I, – I do believe he's a Hall of Famer. I think people in that room believe that. Everything is about order and patience. And, you know, another guy that's a Hall of Famer that I voted for was Edron James. I mean, his numbers are ridiculous. You know, he, he mm -hmm. absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And I really thought he was going to make it uh, on Saturday, and he didn't. Um, but, you know, he should. And there's some other offensive linemen that are still there and Steve Hutchinson. And, you know, so, I mean, look, everybody on that list is worthy of the Hall of Fame. And so you're really splitting hairs when you're trying to figure out who should go in this year, who should go in later, that sort of thing. What about but Rondé Barber's just, chances compared to – if you look at his numbers compared to Ty Law, you would almost say Rondé's a better case outside of Super Bowl rings, which Ty Law yeah, has you would. them. Yeah, you would. And, and look – I've always said this about Rondé. I still think it was Sapp, Brooks, and Lynch. I think John did a lot in the back end for that team, much like Sapp and, you know, and Brooks did. So, you know, Rondé, Rondé's numbers to me can stand up on their own. Like, he doesn't need to say, you know, I was a Super Bowl champion, although that helps, right? But, but he had the longevity. He has the numbers. They're, they're, they're better than Ty Laws in a lot of cases. Now, what, what the voters are going to say when when and if he gets in that room, because I think he was at 25 last year, is they're going to say, yeah, but what scheme did he run? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but he was a slot corner. Yeah, but all these sacks really didn't matter, right? You know, and, and that's, that's sort of what is going to poison him. I can still make a better numeric argument probably for Rondé than I can John. I know how it went down, and – you know, it's it's unfair because John's been in there. John's been in there six years, and he came in in 2000, I want to say 2014 or something like that. And all the players that were there 
when John was nominated or no, they're all in the hall of fame now, except John. And, you know, he should be in there too. So somehow they, you know, it, it, it's going to take more time. I mean, you got, you got Troy Polamalu coming out next year. That's going to eat up a, a, an obvious spot. You know, you just, it, it's such a crapshoot. I mean, all these guys are worthy and yet some of them got, got no discussion and, and others, like there was this huge discussion between should Champ Bailey, you know, be a first rounder or first ballot guy, you know, versus Ty Law who waited, you know, it turned out everybody said, well, you, you both, you know, both guys should go in. You just, you can't predict this stuff, but well, Kevin Mawai made it. I mean, it's happy for the guys that, that did make it, but um, that's a tough argument between, you know, between Rondé and Rondé's made it to the 25. He'd have to get into, mm-hmm. you know, be a finalist in the 15 to, to be voted on. Okay. So meanwhile, Steve, the, uh, Tampa Bay lightning continue, uh, their winning ways. Uh, they win a one, nothing shootout against the Islanders. Of course, Vasilevsky was, was remarkable. And then they bounced back after that with a three to two win over the Rangers. Yeah. So after so, that, that clunker in Pittsburgh, they they don't suck again. They're, they're good again. <laughs> We don't suck again. What was the point total you were telling me that just seems ridiculous? They have 80 uh, points now through 52 games. Oh, my gosh. Which the crazy thing is, so there's a theory, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but for the most part, if you can get to 96 points on a season, you'll make the playoffs. You're in, yeah. That only one time since the current playoff structure has a team got 96 and not made it in. They need 16 points out of the next 30 games. I think they're good for it. (laughs) I think That's eight wins. Yeah. Out of 30. That's crazy. Yeah. It's such a good team. There was an injury, though, was there not? Yeah, Braden Point uh, did not play Saturday night. Uh, lower body injury listed as day-to-day. And, and that affected some things. First of all, they put Stamkos and Kucherov on a line together. And they had a, a, a brilliant goal in that game uh, on the rush, uh, passing to each other, of course. Uh, right. But, you know, it did shuffle the lines. And, and I think, you know, they took a 3-0 lead in that game and then and held on to win 3-2. to and I think some of it is is not having your best defensive forward out there. Um, I think they had to do some adjusting in that in the game, and I think that you know they they, they held on and and Louis Domingue played really well in that in that game, and, and they did a lot of good things in the game against the Rangers too. But I think you know not having Braden Point, the first game he's missed in 165 games. Jeez. So regular season games, I believe. So. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a valuable. When I saw the point. Went out. I mean, he's a he's a really valuable guy, and um, but I mean, he's their best two way forward by far on the team. I mean, oh, as far sure. as you know, offense defense combined, and it affects exactly. your power play. It affects a lot of things with him. So, yeah. Well, hopefully he won't be down long. But uh, but anyway, they get they get the wins and um, yeah, Basil, Basileski after a loss is incredible. You said that, and you predicted this. I mean, I don't know if you predicted a shutout, but you predicted he would bounce back. After a loss, his record this season is something like 8-1 and one or 9-1, and one, something like that. Um, and his, his goals against and his uh, save percentage is just ridiculous. Um, he does not lose back-to-back games. And, and, and Louis Domingue now has won nine games in a row. Yeah, he has. He's won his last nine starts. So, uh, you know, and he hadn't, pl- he hadn't played in nearly a month. It had been over three weeks since he had played a game and came in, and he was fantastic. Hard to do. And, uh, you know, you hope that they're both healthy when they get to the postseason and they can, uh, they can have, you know, ride them. But, they're, look, they're still winning. It's, it's going to be, you know, we still got a ways to go until we get to the postseason. But 
the Lightning are holding up there in for sure. We are only eight days, by the way, from pitchers and catchers reporting to the Tampa Bay Rays. Eight days. Baseball season, baby. Fan Fest is Saturday. It's this Saturday, and we're going to be there. So you got to stop by and say hello. Sports Day Tampa Bay. We won't be on Facebook or doing anything live, but we'll be interviewing a lot of coaches and players, and you can stop by and listen. Yep, and you'll hear uh, that on the podcast in the next coming weeks as well. Absolutely. Um, get to meet us, you know, me and Steve, and say hello. We'd love to hear from you. Mark Topkin will be joining can... us too, of course. Absolutely. A Rays expert, already back at it, so we'll have him. Um, it'll be fun. I look forward to it. I'm glad baseball's here. Football is over, and it's a little sad. You get that kind of a eh, pit in your stomach, you know, kind of a hangover feeling. Um, but then you start thinking about the crack of the bat, right? And, um, of course, the Lightning are going to have, you know, hopefully they think, a really, really, you know, good run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So they've got a lot of season to go. So say, yeah, yeah, we're just over things. two months from the playoffs beginning. That's I think, right. I think April tenth will be the official start of the playoffs this year. Lightning may not play right. the first night, but that's that'll be the the Wednesday night that week is the first playoff games. Right, and uh, the Bucks got the NFL scouting co- combine coming up in February, and then in March they got the owners meeting. So and free agency. there'll be a lot there. And free agency. The Bolts, by the way, they're going to be home uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, they got six of the Las next Vegas, seven right? at home. That'll help. So they got four games this week Vegas on Tuesday, St. Louis Thursday, Pittsburgh Saturday. Then they go to Florida on Sunday. And the next week they got three games at home against Calgary, Dallas, and Montreal. Busy schedule, but one, one that they're at home. So anyway, uh, we want to say happy anniversary to us. Uh, one year. You guys are a part of it. We'll expect the cake or whatever you bought us, whatever little Yes, trinkets. thank you for all your cards and message. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> exactly. We know that you love this podcast. We love doing it. But it was one year ago today after the Super Bowl, about 2 o'clock in the morning, as I recall, uh, that we started it. So, and, and since it is a new year, remember, if you have a business, you want to advertise, or you want to join our team, we'd love to have you sponsor this podcast. Contact us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. Uh, or you can contact me, NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl, even though the Patriots won again. Maybe maybe that's a good thing if you're a Patriots fan. Not so good for the wonder kid, you know, in the Los Angeles Rams, who uh, only managed to score a field goal in Sean McVay. They lose 13-3. to So for Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Monday, everybody. 